Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Good, Bad, and Ugly of Business. I'm your host, Katrin Becker. On this podcast, we believe that while a smart man learns from his mistakes, a genius learns from others. And in that vein, we talk to people from all different industries, all different professions, all different walks of life, because we want to learn what they have learned and what has made them successful in business so that we can either avoid the mistakes they've made completely, or we can either fail faster. So, Today's episode is going to be like a master class because the guest I have today has done so much in his 70 plus years on this planet and has really seen it all and has the best and most positive outlook on life that I have ever witnessed. So Gibbs Stewart, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Kendra. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. I mean, so we were talking before I started the recording and you were just saying such amazing stuff that I was like, hold on, we just got to start and just talk because I don't want to miss any of these amazing gems that you are, that you're doing. So can you please give us, and I know briefly is going to be hard because you've done so much, but just the high level overview of what has brought you to this point in life. Well, we probably need to start when I, when I got out of the military and couldn't find a job. (laughs) So, Which is a very right common tale, right? I mean, oh, yes. it still happens yeah, to everybody was getting out at just at the same time I was getting out. So so they were flooding the, the job market. At any rate, so then, uh, let's see, I got my first job and uh, ended up with an emotional breakdown that probably haunted me for probably close to 40 years. But that's that's okay. It was really tough at the beginning. I had to swim every day. I had to make sure I was walking. I, I, I could not walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time. Mm. I mean, I was in really bad shape. Came out of, I was doing lending in downtown San Francisco. And there were many days when I never saw the sun. Mm. And uh, I, I just, I pushed myself over the edge. I always wanted to be successful, right? So, so, so sometimes you're stupid when you're trying to be successful. At any rate, okay, so that happened. And then, um, then I went to work for the government. I worked for the government uh, 14 years full-time and seven and a half years half-time. I wanted to retire at uh, uh, 49 years, 364 days, but my boss asked me to stay for an extra six months. She said, I can't replace you. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a pretty nice thing for somebody to say to you. And she had been wonderful. She had let me stay half time for seven and a half years. She could have written me full time or off the books. Right, right. right? Every two years, she had a shot at me. All right. So I stayed the extra six months. Uh, I retired. That lasted. At that time, we had grown to a million dollars. Okay. A million dollars. That sounds pretty cool. I like this. Let's quit. So that lasted about three months. And then uh, dental, a friend of mine who was a dentist, he just retired. Um, He said, you've been in real estate by then. It had been 15, 17 years at the time, I think. He said, you've been in real estate for 17 years. I need some space because my office is getting too crowded. So I went out and looked. In those days, people didn't like dentists in general areas because the smells were too big. Most most of the people watching this uh, podcast are not going to realize how stinky dental offices used to be. I mean, it was horrible. So I, I, I am like shocked by this revelation. Yeah, landlords wouldn't take. At any rate, 
So we kept getting turned down. And then he said, well, why don't we buy a lot and have somebody build one for us? So we, I, I think I sold a small something and put it in and we bought the first lot and uh, went out and interviewed three developers. And on the way back to his office, he said, I think I want you to do this. You develop it. I said, me? He said, yeah. He said, you've negotiated contracts with attorneys. You, you've, you've been the chief bean counter for Northeastern part of the state. He says, you're going to do this. You're going to be fine. I said, well, if we, if we choose one of these guys to be our backup in case I'm a failure. At any rate, I wasn't. At any rate, we hit a home run that's still a home run today. Um, what would this be? 26 years later, it's still a home run. And uh, one of the, along the way, we went out to uh, breakfast with uh, a friend of his. Uh, and the guy said to me, he says, she says, what you want to do is you want to try and hit a home run the first time. And then you can do bunt singles and triples and a couple of doubles. So you're going to be fine. Well, we didn't realize we were hitting a home run, but it became obvious pretty quickly. So then that started and did that for a number of years. And then another guy came to me and said, uh, you got to build more of those dental offices. So we went out, to, uh, we each, you're not going to believe this. We each took $2,500, five people, threw it in a pot. Okay. Out of that, out of that $12,500, the end, end, end game was $50 million. Wow. Okay. A lot of hard up along the way. Lots of hard up. <laughs> okay. Wow. The, the, original, the original ownership, the, the CPA had been my roommate in the Army, okay? And he flew out from Florida, and he looked at the project, and he said, Stu, somebody's going to get greedy, and you're going to be in trouble, and this is going to fail. I'll leave my money in, so keep my $2,500, because I know you're counting on it. And he flew back to Florida. He and I are still friends. We talk. We, we get together every other year. So, anyway. so he's gone. So then we got uh, just about 55% finished with the project. And one of the partners raises his hand and says, uh, we don't think you're working hard enough. We want to bring this other guy in and we want you to give him half your share. Well, I didn't take that very nicely. Uh, who would? <laughs> so, so, so we basically shut the project down for almost two years, arguing about who, which one. There were two of them and two of us left. We only had four, right? Yeah. Two and and uh, so at almost the two-year point, uh, the guy that brought it up uh, had a heart attack on a golf course. Mm. He survived, but he had a heart attack. That's a that's a wake up. Yeah, and that changes a lot. Like three weeks later, the other one on that side, his wife filed for divorce. Mm. So they finally took our offer. We would give them offers to buy or sell. Here's a price. I'll buy or sell. And they'd come back like six weeks later and say, here's a price. And we'd say, well, was that the buy price or the sell price? They said, well, that's only if you buy it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> At any rate, so that was fun. 
at all right, we got through that project and it ended up being worth 50 million. So all of a sudden I was a lot more, I was worth a lot more than 2 million. I went from one to two to 30. <laughs> so then, then uh, my wife has been doing, my ex-wife has been doing all the books. She still does to this day. Oh That's my. The, that tells you how good friends we are. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So she she came to me and she said, you know, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and she's, she said, let's, let's just separate for a while. It's probably over. And um, about a year and a half later, she said, I think just to make things real clear, I should file for a divorce. Is that all right with you? I said, if that's what you want. <laughs> mm. I told you I'd get everything for you I could. So we, we split everything down the middle. So I ended up with 15 and she ended up with 15. And we meet tomorrow. And we have two, two mandatory annual meetings tomorrow. So um, I'll find out more about how things are going for her. But uh, my 15 is now growing to 18 because I've tried a couple of different things about uh, six months after she decided it was really over. Uh, I, I was having lunch with a young man who had been following me every quarter, every three months for four years. Oh, wow. To, to get on the roof of our commercial buildings. We had, we had eight commercial buildings by then. And he wanted to do the heating and ventilation. And when he got through and I gave him all the information I knew and how to get the rest, uh, I said, well, what are you going to do with your life? He says, well, I've been the top salesman in this area for uh, three of the last four years. And I said, well, what do you really want to do? He, I mean, can you believe somebody can follow you that many times, right? That is significant persistence. Right. Exactly. Oh, really? Totally. Um, he said, well, I'd really like to own my own heating and ventilation. I said, what's keeping you? He said, nobody has any money. I said, well, okay, we now have $100,000. Let's go out and buy one. So the first one was too big. The second and third one were mom and pops, just single technician. And, and the fourth one was 400000 in annual income. And two techni three technicians, including the owner and uh, office staff and halftime bookkeeper. So we bought it and we made the terms, $100,000 down and 300 over time. And uh, he started operating it. And last year, he hit, after five and a half years, hit $3.5 million. Wow. 400,000, 3.5, nice. And he's still, he started to buy me out last January he always wanted to and we had already made provisions for that and we knew how we were going to do it and so he bought i think i'm down instead of 51 percent, i think i'm at 35 percent. wow i but, and i i have to ask a question there because you know there's all different levels of people who listen to this and you know to the person who's got a small business or has these big dreams i think persistence is such a key like, would you have invested with him had he not? Oh, no, no. 
but okay, so here's the here's the here's the real slammer for you. Okay, so he and I buy this business, and then my firstborn comes back to me, and she says, "Dad, do you realize he's an ex-convict, a felon?" Mm. So, oh, really? Okay. So, uh, luckily, he told me about a week ahead. The uh, heck of, <laughs> but and 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 I have tried to get him to apply for a pardon for probably three years now. Mm. He just should. He should have never been convicted. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know the case. I've studied it. I have studied the background. I think uh, if he was still allowed to file against his attorney, he should do that. But he can't. Okay. But you still can write up a pardon paper and say, I. Yeah. I present the information. I've been a good person. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I should have never been convicted in the first place. Better. So that's that story. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, so he and his wife both feel like I've empowered them to both be millionaires on mm. their own, each of them. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. And then I tried a newspaper because Palm Springs, California has a really successful entertainment newspaper. I was supposed to have my first profitable, 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 profit. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, March of 2020. And you know, COVID hit. Sure. Everything on my piece of paper said I finally, after two and a half years of working on this, it's going to be, and people started calling and canceling their ads. Uh. So by May, I shut it down. I paid back all the people that had paid for their ads in advance and I left it. And because I, I couldn't build it again for another three years, but I just, I just couldn't dig it out. And uh, I would say 70% of the people had canceled their ads going forward. And who knew how long COVID was going to last. Right. Uh, right. So I wasn't going to pay everything that needed to be paid. So I let that one go. So then what happened? Oh, so my latest is I, okay, so I wrote my book. Yes, I, your my book. My kids have been wanting me to write my book for years and years. Dad, how did you get from $288 to 30 million? This doesn't make sense. Well, okay, so I wrote the book, uh, Learn, Apply, and Grow Rich. Um, and Within a couple of months, I had three different people from three different outlooks call me, write me, email, write me a letter and say, read your book, really liked it, think it should be a movie. Well, kind of a curious guy. I still realized I still had a significant part of the management of the, I think we had 18 properties then. Uh, so I'm busy, but yeah. I still have time, time to write a book. And I wrote and the book. That's what happened. And they said that. And a couple months later, there was a lull for me work-wise. So I got on the internet and went to Upwork, uh, which is one of the two major uh, uh, internet sites where you go and you put your name in and tell what you're looking for. And there's 3,000 people looking for work. Okay? Yeah. So I wrote in script writer. 
because you got to start somewhere. I, I didn't have any idea where to start in the entertainment business. At any rate, 27 people replied to be my scriptwriter. Some of them were totally unqualified, but three of them had already produced movies. Okay, so one's from, am, am I going too long? <laughs> no, I am just like, this is not even an interview. This is just me like wrapped listening to these stories. <laughs> so so, uh, so uh, uh, the first one I called, got, got a hold of, uh, and we actually talked, was from South Africa. And he and I had very different ideas from what I wanted to do. I just said, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you very much for applying that interest. Next one I got a hold of was from London and uh, had a great conversation with him. And if I end up producing this, and you'll see how I think that that could happen 20 years from now. But uh, if I do, if the producer or producers uh, say, uh, we don't have a script writer, why don't you find one? I'm going to hire the guy in London. He mm -hmm. and I just, he focused right in on what I want. So then the third one was a guy named Matt Cubberly, C-U-B-B-E-R-L-Y. And Matt had helped a, a child and family focused production company from 2 million to 28 million. Mm. He was the creative director for this organization. Yeah. Um, so when they hit 28 million, the person on top said, 28's enough for me. <laughs> we're closing. We're, you know, we're selling this for 28 million. And then Matt got his 2% for having done all this work. But he asked, you're not going to use these 18 properties that I'm currently working on. So do you mind if I take them with me? And he got a sign off on them. Wow. And that was, and he was waiting for, he, he told me at the time, he said, I, in 10 days, I have an appointment with a, a well-known uh, National Football League uh, halfback. And I recognized the name. Uh, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll buy 12.5% right now, right here. All you have to do is say yes. And uh, he said, let me think about it. So in about 11 days, uh, he called me back and he said, uh, I'll take it. Hmm. So that's where we got. So now we have a third, we have 37% of this um, five-year program to get from here uh, well beyond where we think we're going. And uh, so we're selling the, the extra 37% uh, for as little as $25,000 a pop or uh, for 5%, 1.1 million. And attorney yesterday told me I couldn't do it. <laughs> okay. Here you are from yesterday. I mean, it's just amazing your outlook. Like it feels like you could have been in any industry and would have been successful. Uh, right time, right place. Yeah. But do you think there's like a, a, like, what do you think your top characteristics are that, that make you so successful and how could someone listening help to develop those skills and characteristics? 
first of all, you have to have to decide that most people are pretty darn good. Most people are positive to work with, and, and they work real hard with you and for you. Mm. And, and that, that's one thing. But the, the, the underlying most important thing is if you really want something, you got to be persistent. Number one, number one, number one, mm. persistent. And uh, I, I've been fortunate. I mean, I interviewed for when I was working for the state, I interviewed for seven, seven straight jobs. I got them. So I must, I must do something more than I think I do, right? Because <laughs> I would have never said, I would have never thought that happened. And then after I hit that, I, I was in the top three percent of state government, um, and then I got fired because I opened my mouth at the wrong time. Fine, you know that's part of the game, and um, so I went back into the middle of state government, and that's when I decided I'm not putting my life in this full time where's a half-time job that i can find and i got that and it was very enjoyable worked half-time was able to spend a lot of time with my kids and continue building my real estate and it all worked out so was real estate ever the focus or is it always just something you did in your spare time well i always wanted to be a millionaire i mean since i was a little kid yeah i remember when i was young People would sell one or two percent of the New York Yankees or the Detroit Tigers or, or some football team that uh, Cleveland Browns comes to mind. And, and I always wondered, geez, could I ever buy one or two percent? And so at that point, I always wanted to be a millionaire right? because in those days, being a millionaire was really something. Um, I mean, I think it is still pretty something special. Well, so so in 77, we had a net worth of $288. And Bonnie, my ex-wife, was nice enough to, to say, yeah, okay, that's that's reasonable. We'll go do it. And I went along and we went out and a bunch of friends believed. I, can't believe, I cannot believe this, but I had a lot of friends that believed in me, right? And so um, they loan me anywhere from $1,500 to, I think the top one was $3,500. So I had five friends that would all do that. Unbelievable. Okay. Thank you very much. I mean, I think I'm that honorable. I think I'd pay you back even if I went bankrupt, but nothing to test, right? So then we took a second mortgage out on our house. And um, uh, well, we started in 70. So by 77, we had a bigger net worth, we, we could take $10,000 equity out of our house. So you got to understand where, where both of these things are. Start at $288, save your money, blah, 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 blah. Go five years, end up with $10,000, put it all in the stock market. Great stock broker goes out and uh, goes to work for University of California to manage their funds. So I lose him. New guy comes in. New guy drives it to zero. Zero, Ooh. zero, zero, zero. From 10,000 to zero, right? Ouch. Uh, yeah, it, I hurt. So then we did it again. The next five years, we accumulate another $10,000. And then and we were able to buy a house. 
We had enough equity that we could get the loan. We took the, lo the second mortgage out. Um, the five people owned us, loaned us $18,000 and we bought our first property. Five days later, we get a notice that our first payment's due. Okay. No money to be found anywhere. Oh no. So I, so I took the city bus over and walked down to their office and walked in and uh, talked to Chuck Lewis. And Chuck Lewis says, uh, I, I, I hear you have an issue. I said, yeah, I, I kind of do. I thought I was going to have to be able to collect the first month's rents to pay you. And uh, I don't have, I can't pay you. The bottom line is I can't pay you. He said, why don't we just take this payment and put it on the end of the contract? So here's another person that just loaned me 1800 bucks, if I remember right. It might have been 2000 Another person just loaned me 2000 <laughs> So I was in business. And from then on, things just kept happening. Oh, my gosh. I, I also think it's really interesting on, you know, you've kind of tried to retire like twice. It just doesn't Correct. Doesn't seem yeah. to stick. <laughs> I tried. I tried at uh, fifty and at sixty-seven. Just didn't work. <laughs> I, I, I will probably pass away right there. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm hoping for twenty more years because I think in twenty years I'll be a billionaire. That would be amazing. Well, okay. So if you look at DreamWorks, which is Spielberg and company, yeah, they went from like. 10 million to 40 million. Okay, so we already have 7 million. We're going to be at 14 million before we start. I think Matt Coverley is going to drive this thing to be worth 10, 12 billion. I own 12%. Ta da! <laughs> wow. Well, okay, so thinking of your, your book and its movie adaptation, can you give a, a summary to let people know kind of what the direction of that looks like? I mean, is it basically... It's just, it's just the story my kids wanted to read. Okay. Where did you start? When did when was your net worth $288? It was January of 71. Okay. That's when it started. I, we got married late uh, December 5th. Uh, January, for some reason, I decided I needed to do a year-end net worth statement. She brought the assets. I brought all the debt. I was a newly minted second lieutenant in the United States Army. And what do you do? You go out and buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought all the debt. And uh, so our net worth was 280 bucks. Wow. Wow. That's, it's an incredible story. And you know, typically I keep these podcasts to around 30 minutes, which we are coming up to. And I feel like there's so much more that I would love to be able to talk to you about because it's so inspiring. And, you know, you talk a little bit about the the bad and the ugly in terms of, you know, the relationship piece, but what do you think is the one biggest, or do you even have any regrets? Like, is there anything that you look back on and you wish you had done differently? I wish I wouldn't have gotten sick. I mean, mm. that really did haunt me for almost 40 years. Yeah. So that's just, but I kept getting better and better and better, better. Anytime. Okay. And so the biggest issue was I couldn't handle paperwork. Mm. 
Okay, just couldn't handle it. So every time I throw something away today, just like, oh, it's in my hands, I'm going to throw it away. I mean, that's like, I celebrate. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> and that's how, that's literally how bad it got. Okay, so I have like three boxes upstairs that is full of old contracts and uh, plans for uh, different projects that I put together and paperwork on it. And I'm starting through it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, I can do this. Something that simple. It's horrible. Wow. So, wow. I and I know I you're, you're working on a second book. Is that correct? I am. Are you able to give us a sneak peek on that one? Well, what I wanted to title it was The Road to One Billion, because I really do believe I'm going to be worth a billion. I've got four projects started, okay? So I, I have the the production, movie production studio, which yep. I think is the key. I think that's going to make it. Okay, so then I have, I'm in with two guys, one of them being the kid that I made a millionaire with the the heating and ventilation company. And then a friend of his, he kept telling me he was brilliant. Well, I think the friend is brilliant. I, I met him one afternoon and he and I were, the three of us were going out to buy a business for him to run, the brilliant one. And uh, I, I mean, I, I sat there with him for about 10 minutes and I said, this guy's really got it. I just have to figure out how to make this work. So. Uh, the brilliant one is running it. Well, the the HVAC person's running his, and I'm here. I'm down to 35% on the HVAC, but it uh, it's paying me a lot of cash, so I, I'm kind of really comfortable with that. And we went out and we bought this other business at, at a significant discount. I don't I don't know really why the kid wanted to sell it, other than I think he was just tired of running it. Um, so at any rate. Um, so the, the brilliant guys running that were, were, were expanding left and right, but it's all off of cash flow. I don't, I haven't had to put anything else into it yet. It's been a year, so I'm good. Um, so we're gonna buy, our goal in the beginning was to buy a business a quarter, every quarter, right? And, and uh, we got hung up on the first one, which is fine, because you gotta learn somewhere. Sure. And it, like I say, it's, it's booming. Um, so we were talking on the phone two days ago, three days ago, saying, okay, we're just about ready to buy our second. So if we start buying a billion a business a quarter, every quarter for the next 20 years, you can see how that adds up in net worth. Quickly. The third one, I live in a condo in Palm Springs during the winters mm -hmm. and a new person bought the condo underneath me. And then the one above me just sold them the last month or two, but I'm there. I'm there. I don't move very much. Um, so uh, I went down and met the guy downstairs and I'll tell you, it was like two people just going together like this. <laughs> it, was, it was so fun. I, I mean, literally, it, it, when you can feel that kind of kinship in 15 minutes, it's beyond me, right? Yeah. So he and I really started talking. And I said, okay, I got these four ideas that I think can really make us a lot of money. Because I've got 38. 
<laughs> so we both so we both signed uh non-disclosure agreements for each uh -huh. other yeah and, uh, and mine aren't too much closer because i've been pretty busy uh but he and i have already developed two and we're going to try and develop like i keep pushing him to one a month because he's smart he is totally smart what disrupted this whole damn thing was that uh oh, excuse me i'm sorry if i'm not supposed to say that that's okay uh, uh he got he he had been running the it section for a small company a parent company took him in and mm. said you're going to get this new title all this new money and you're going to run the it for all of our companies so that disrupted doing one a month, which is what we were going to do. And yeah. His bandwidth all of a sudden went to nothing. Went to nothing. Literally. Literally. Like getting a hold of him. I need, to, I need to stand in line. So I just send him a text message. Call me when you're between calls. Or <laughs> but yeah. I mean, seriously, he went from this relatively small portion of the whole thing. The parent company saw him, said, you're smart. Come on in. And go to all the companies. He's on the road. Uh, he's single, luck, luckily for him, I think, or for whoever he would be with. <laughs> uh, he's on the road all the time. And and that kind of undercut it. But he, I know he's still interested because he, he became part of this uh, mo movie production studio with me. Yeah. <laughs> so got somebody here. Actually, I, here's what happened on that. Just you got got a minute for this? Yeah, we're we're okay. I still have a few more minutes. Okay, okay. so about ten o'clock in the morning, I'm talking to the HVAC guy, and I mentioned that I bought part of the movie studio and we need to find people. And he says, "Well, I'm interested." Okay, <laughs> wrote his name down, and I said, "Okay, now I'm now I'm on the bubble." So I made like twelve phone calls during the day. Uh, last one was at 11 p.m. Uh, and and 10 of 10 of the 12 people signed up. So I got all of all of them came in at the lowest level you can think of, $25,000. But they're going to give me $2,500, right? And then they're going to give me $744 for I think 30 months. I don't I don't know what the number is. I have to look at it. Well, I love so much that you 10 out of 12. I love that you started talking about how you were raising capital you know, in the early days for 2,500 and now it's for 25,000. Yep. You just add zeros. Yeah. yeah. Just like how you're going to get to a billion. You're just going to add some zeros. Like, okay. So a billionaire has two more zeros than I do. Exactly. Right? Okay. So let's keep going. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly. It's too much fun. Right? It's too much. It's just like this. This has been a joy talking with you. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I am just utterly fascinated and even more reason for me to take a trip out to California so we can meet in person. That would be great. Well, with all of the things that you have going on and the many different avenues, what's the best way for someone to work with you or who are you looking to be connected with? Well, I'll be connected with anyone. If I can help them, they can help me or they probably know somebody that can. Right. So uh, my my email address is easiest to deal with is continue forward at mm -hmm. live.com. Oh, that's great. Just just continue forward. Both words neck to neck. 
at live, L-I-V-E dot com. That's beautiful. And I will make sure that I put this into the show notes as well for people to reach out because there's so many different amazing opportunities and possibilities and your outlook and enthusiasm for life is just so, it's so contagious and I just love it. Well, when somebody tells you you only have six months to live, that's an eye opener. I bet. I'm just short of five years now. So. Well, we are all grateful for that. <laughs> and I know you more than anyone. Yes, ma'am. Well, Gibbs, thank you so very much for your time and your energy and your stories and the inspiration because really anything is possible. There's no doubt in my mind. Anybody. <laughs> no, I, you know, especially when I was sick and still growing, um, said if I can do this, anybody can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a good bookkeeper. Important, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And to the listeners, thank you so much for being here. I hope you were able to get so much out of this. I know I didn't ask very many questions in this episode. And it's mostly because it was just such a joy to be along for the journey. Um, and I was lucky to be here live for it. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, share and subscribe with your audience. And until next time, everyone have a great day.